check and we love a check. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hello and welcome to the Sensory Matters podcast. Today you've got Lorraine, Katie and Joel. Say hello guys. Hi. Hello. Uh, we normally have Jenny on the podcast, but she's away for a couple of weeks. So you're going to get a couple of podcasts with the three of us, hopefully. Yeah, it's going to be exciting stuff. Although I'm very jealous of Jenny going off and leaving us. <laughs> gone to the USA. <laughs> Although she did miss the autism show. so She did. So I guess even there. <laughs> For those who don't know Joel, Joel is our, well, started off as our graphic designer and he now uh, helps out on socials with me and Katie. I do everything. You do a bit of, actually, you do do everything. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where we would be without Joel, to be honest. Although, yeah. never been on a podcast. Like, this is an exciting day. Yes. Because yeah, this will go out before the podcast that me and Lorraine did yesterday. So, yeah. Oh, look forward to that, guys. Yeah, so this week we are talking about last week's podcast, and that was Katrina from SWAN, which is Scottish Women's Autism Network. So what did you guys think of that? Can I just say that's such a cool name? I love that. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's what I picked up on, because obviously Jenny will have interviewed Katrina, so normally we'd be chatting about what we thought. And the name for me was, I thought that's just such a great name. I loved it. And the whole sort of explanation is how she came up with that, with the whole sort of, um, I think she referred to autistic women being like this, but I think, you know, lots of autistic people in general come across as if they are sort of floating along and handling everything really well. But underneath they're sort of really working hard to appear um how they want to appear to the world and I just loved that I thought it was brilliant yeah when she was saying about it was based on on girls and they're struggling underwater that look fine on on the surface and I was like oh my god this is just the best name if anyone was going to name anything this would win a prize yeah it was brilliant what did you think Joel did you like think that that was something that you could relate to as well or did you just sort of like think Uh... no that's not me (laughs) Somewhat, but then I don't really have the, like, I've never, because I get on with it quite a lot, because I got diagnosed quite late. It's always just been something that I've kind of got on with. I haven't really, like, been aware of it. Mm. Yeah, it's not something that that you really... Yeah, and it does make sense because when I think, you know, Jenny was asking Katrina about her autistic traits herself, which kind of, um, like, took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting Katrina to say that she was autistic. Um, I was like, oh, plot twist. (laughs) But, um, yeah, she was saying how difficult it is because it's just how she presents and who she is. And um, I think I always think that as well. It's quite difficult to explain autistic traits you know your personal yeah. traits to somebody because it's ha- it's how you feel it's how you see things yeah. it's how you kind of just move especially when people are like how does autism affect you and i'm like it just does exactly yeah, yeah. i can never like list things i feel like they want me to like like go through a, a trait list like really really like in depth and be like well one two three but I, I never can and then I always feel really self-conscious I'm not sure if I'm the only one who feels like that like when I get this question I get really like oh I should be like proving myself to this person and when I can't I get self-conscious but I bet but don't when... feel... sorry go on I bet when you're at home at night 
you can list them all off perfectly because that's what I do. And I'm like, <laughs> the next time someone asks me, I'm going to have this, 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 this. And they ask me and I'm like, uh... Oh, it's like that meme on Facebook, me having that, an argument. It's like a tiny little book, me reflecting on it in the shower later and there's like a huge book. Yes, that's so relatable. Time to but I th- but don't you think that each day is different as well? Because for me... It depends on if I've had a good night's sleep because my senses are heightened if I'm more tired. Mm, yeah. And everything kind of has a knock on effect. Yeah, I think so. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, what I really liked about this particular podcast um, was how Katrina had said that they'd changed the name and some of the language because obviously when they started, because things have evolved a lot and people like to use different language now. So it's um, autis- autism first. You know, um, don't try. To, I can't get my brain to person work today. First language. Person first, yeah, language. So, but before, obviously, people weren't using person first language. So, I like that she admitted that actually we probably used to call ourselves this before, and we used to do this. Yeah, because a lot of people are afraid to admit that. Mm. I think so. Because everybody wants to fit in. Mm. Yeah, I think you know the journey that autism and autism awareness and language has been on, and even just the past like. I think like maybe just even since I was diagnosed, so like the last sort of three or four years um, has been huge. And it's important to look back on that journey and to not be ashamed of where we were at that certain time and not think badly of ourselves because we spoke like this a year ago or two years ago. Um, Because we're learning all of the time. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, new people coming into the community are also learning and it's, you know, allowing them to go on the journey as well with... um, you know, finding their feet with their language and how they present themselves. Yeah, because I sometimes feel sorry for a parent of a newly diagnosed child who says something like, my child has autism, and then they get jumped on straight away. But they don't know that what they're saying isn't correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a but, really difficult one. And it's a subject that I feel quite strongly about. It's sort of uh, the whole, are we doing more harm than good with the autism community when we're sort of being quite... Um, not strict but you know we have a way of doing things and if someone doesn't do those things or doesn't say those things um you know are we do, doing more harm than good by having this sort of guideline or should we just be free and just be able everyone be able to kind of i don't know express themselves freely yeah i think instead of getting angry because a lot of people get angry and upset mm. i think it would just be nice if people could just relax and explain to the person why they don't like what they've just said yeah yeah, yeah definitely and then and then they know for the future and down the line some of these parents of newly diagnosed kids are going to realise that they're actually on the spectrum too. Yeah. Mm. I found this, we actually talked about this a lot at the show, well, after the show when we are just eating and stuff, was um, that a lot of people on the internet specifically, they say the wrong thing, they get attacked. Mm, And if they don't know any better, if you attack someone and they don't know any better, you're not going to teach them, they're just going to walk away. Yeah, yeah, because then they'll delete their their post or their comment, and then they feel bad, and then they just don't don't post again, and that way they never learn. Yeah, it's it's using that as a sort of form of education as well. I always try to keep in the back of my mind that if someone's asking a question that isn't quite worded right or isn't you know maybe using the correct terminology, um, I just think you know that's coming from a place of just lack of, of understanding and knowledge and you know you I have the power in that situation to help that person and to kind of 
bring across some knowledge and awareness that could help them in the future. So I just think of it as being like, yes, let me teach you as opposed to let me get angry at you for five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it, if someone likes the puzzle piece mm. and that's their opinion and I, a lot of people get mad about the puzzle piece. It's just a puzzle piece. Yeah, that's probably a really good topic of conversation for another podcast at one point, the puzzle piece. And the, yeah, definitely. The, not pros and cons, but just sort of the negatives and positives that people seem to have with that now. Yeah. I think as well, um, like, everyone will get angry. Like, it's quite, what's what I'm looking for? It's quite unrealistic because mm. all of us, I guarantee, have got angry when someone said something wrong, we're having a bad day. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's yeah. not, you can't get angry. Like, if you get angry once, but then go back and apologize and say, this is why. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think all three of us have had experiences of that. <laughs> I remember like being in group chat with you three and, and some other guys and we're sort of like, oh, someone said this to me today. And we have those moments. <laughs> I think as long as you vent that to, um, you know, people who you trust and get on with and who can like relate, I think that's okay. You know, bounce off the people who have similar views to you or maybe have different views so you can get different perspectives. But it's nice to have a rant every now and again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think as long as we're all on the same page, we're working towards the same thing. So you, as long as they're not like doing all this bleaching stuff, mm. and they, they just want to help their children, then I think as autistic adults, we've got to help to educate the parents. Yes, definitely. And it, and it's yeah. nice to help as well because autistic children grow up into autistic adults. Exactly, and it comes full circle then. And yeah. that ties into what I liked in the Swan podcast, actually. Oh, which was how they've created meetups and online forums for adults and young people in the spectrum. Mm, that's what I found oh, yeah. really brilliant was just the fact that the support was there and they thought that was probably not, well, maybe one of the most important things that they could offer was that sort of peer-on-peer -peer support and how important that was for Katrina and, and Swan. Like, I just thought that was so good. And yeah, plug here, but it's similar to what we do in the Century Support Group. And if you haven't joined it, you should. Whoop, whoop. Totally. Because <laughs> peer-to-peer support is really important. And that's something that came out a lot at the autism show. Because um, we've got a lot of adults this year, which was fantastic. Mm. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this because we are going to talk about the show. But when you found your people, then you kind of help each other out because you understand each other. And it's nice to see somebody who does something that you do that you might think is a little bit strange and it makes you feel a bit more normal. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I think peer-on-peer -peer support is be is like growing. I think people are starting to realise the power that that has and yeah. hopefully it's something that's going to like continue to grow with like, you know, um, what we were talking about a few weeks ago with like Autism Pride and having those support groups and those meetups and just that, you know, even the online support, um, I think people are really starting to take notice of how much this can help yeah yeah that actually when that happened to me at the um autism show so after our speech um someone came up to me and they were like have you ever experienced this and what it is i'll explain to how i get it in my legs is i'll get this thing and it's kind of like you know when you get pins and needles mm, yeah but the moment just before oh yes i get yeah. that in my legs for like hours Oh, that's and not I've fun. never met anyone else. And she was like, I get it in my back. And I was like, finally, I <laughs> met someone who doesn't think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But so shall we move on to our newsworthy story, which is the autism show? Yes, yeah. please, because I have not keep... spoken to either of you a little, like much since the show, and I couldn't get there this year. So I want to hear all about it. I want to hear all the gossip. Let me know how it went. It was fantastic. I think it's the best show I've ever been to. Agreed. So what was it this year that made it so good as opposed to like other years? Should I go? Yeah, yeah, because you've got some good points. Okay, so for me, the first thing I noticed was there were a lot less stalls. Oh, really? We were on the other side. So you know how last year we were on the, uh, one sec, left. Yes. This year we were on the right. Okay. There seemed like there was a lot more space to walk around. Yeah, because I do find that it's with the having like the speeches in the same sort of hall. Um, yeah. And for people who have never been to the autism show before, it is basically just like this big convention full of lots of um, exhibitors in all sort of aspects of the autism community. We got schools, professionals, um, shops, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but they also have like seminars going on, don't they, guys? And it's just sort yeah. of like. They, they're right in the middle of the room and people put on headphones to listen to the speech as opposed to going into like a separate room. It's quite a clever way of doing things, but it can take up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah, especially if, if the talk gets quite busy, which our Saturday talk was really, really busy. <laughs> Shameless yeah. plug. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, quite a lot of the Hub 1, which Hub 2 is exhibitors get to speak for 20 minutes and that's we were in Hub 2. Hub 1 is autistic adults. Uh, well I think it's autistic adults I've never seen children speak but um and they get half an hour the other great thing about the show was I thought all of the speakers were really like people I wanted to see I didn't get a chance to see anybody because I was in a one-to-one clinic but I was really impressed by the lineup of speakers that were there yeah it looked like I had a really good lineup this year um um autistic genius was there um and I'm gutted that I was in my clinic for that one because he left the YouTube community and, and everything because he'd got a job. And I've been waiting to find out what his job was. And he's actually a prison officer. No way. Yeah. So his talk was about being an autistic prison officer. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. So I thought that would have been great to listen to. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can get him on the podcast one day. Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Be... he has, has he been on the podcast? I think he might uh, have. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. He was one of the first ones on the podcast. He was. Oh my goodness, that seems like ages ago now. Well, yeah, there, and then uh, he ha- I think had he just had his little boy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, no, he was just going to. And the, um, look, um, Jenny was joking that uh, he might have to run off halfway through the podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so yes, so much has happened to him since the podcast. He's had a, a little boy and then he's gone on to be a prison officer. So I just thought that would have been such an interesting talk to listen to. Yeah, I think we're in need of an update with that one, getting back on the Chris podcast. Chris Bonello was there as well. Yeah, Chris Bonello. And the other great thing about all of the Hub One speakers is you can go to the meet and greet area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so you can go and get your books signed and things. Mm-hmm. I got my book signed, my Chris Bonello book. Oh, I need to, I need to read his stuff because I always follow him yeah, on social too. media. But he's a he's a great one. All the listeners out there, if you haven't followed Chris, go and go and check him out on uh, on Facebook. He's a he's a good felt, one. He is. I felt there was more space around the hubs as well. Um, yeah. You could see people filming and meeting up. 
there's quite a lot of space, not on the left side, which we, we were at last year, but on our side on the right, there seemed to be a lot of space around that area, which was nice. That's really good. I feel like they are improving more and more, aren't they, with like um, figuring out what works. And I feel like maybe even, maybe we've achieved it now, but even maybe next year or the year after, like this is going to get better and better and like more um, accessible and just more fun as well. You know, it's just going to keep on improving, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I think that's all it can do. We can just improve each year, which yeah. is wonderful. Mm. I know you struggled with them still, but for me, the lights were a lot better. Like, they were a lot lower than they were the year before. Mm. They definitely were. I took sunglasses in, expecting them to be really bright, and I didn't use my sunglasses, so that shows that they weren't that bright. It, the only time that I felt it was a bit bright was when we were stood on the stage and we were yeah. looking out at the people. It was a bit bright then. Yeah. But there was definitely a difference this year. Yeah, oh, I can good. say... Especially, because I've been to the London one. I went to last year's one, even though I wasn't around much. And then um, I went to this year's one. So I'm comparing it to London two years ago. Mm. And the difference is vast. Wow, that's really good. I wonder if that's like new management or just taking on feedback. Like hopefully it's a bit of bit of feedback coming in. Because it's the same people that are doing the show. Mm. Um, the great thing this year was a lot more autistic adults. Mm-hmm. Normally the Friday are schools, which this year it still was schools and professionals, and then the Saturday tends to be families. The Saturday there was a lot of autistic adults, and I thought that was really good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Do yeah. Katie, have you seen my favourite person? I'm going to mention them again. Um, <laughs> you might have seen it on Twitter. The person who's made the um, hand fidget into like their own chewy jam. No. Okay, so um, I've just sent it to you. Okay. If you look at Messenger, look at this. How cool is this? I nerded out so hard when I saw it. Hold on, let me get it up. So I missed everything on the stand this year because I was in a one-to-one clinic, but I did see this on Twitter when I got home. Let me have a look. And it's so cool. So it's a hand fidget and they've sort of pimped it up. Oh, my (laughs) God. Isn't that so cool? Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Blooming. Heck. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's awesome. So do you think we should take a break now and then come back and talk about our sensory matter and our question? Sounds good. Yep. Yeah, we'll take a break now and we'll be back soon. Throughout July, you can get 10% off our tread bangles, both adult and child. No need to do anything. Just go to our website where it is already discounted. If you need any help or support, then please join our Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group on Facebook. Now back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast with Lorraine, Katie and Joel. We've talked about Katrina from Swan, whose podcast was last week. We've talked about the autism show, which is our newsworthy topic of the week. And now we're going to move on to our sensory matters, which again is the autism show. But it's about the sensory one-to-one clinics that I did this year. Yeah, because this is a new thing for uh, for Chewy Gem, wasn't it, Lorraine? Yeah, um, and it was very exciting and scary. <laughs> I want to know all about it because I haven't chatted to you about it, so... So anybody who hasn't been to the show, there are clinics down one side of the room and you can book in for a half an hour clinic with all different people. There was the National Autistic Society and specialists in law. There's just so many that you can book into. Um, So we got a clinic this year. We put a proposal in and we got the clinic. And I was really, really scared because at first I thought, well, nobody's going to book. What happens if they don't book? Mm. And then (laughs) I needn't have worried because... I was fully booked both days 
Oh, it's amazing. But that just shows yeah. how um, much support is needed for sensory behavior, you know, and sort of self-injurious sensory behavior as well. Like maybe this is something that, you know, needs to be supported more and people need to know more about because you were clearly fully booked and people needed your service in those few days. Yeah, and the clinic was, yeah, the clinic was for dangerous behaviors. So there was quite a lot of dangerous behaviors. I think what what I got from most people that came to the clinic was they just needed to talk. Mm. They needed to speak to somebody that understood and just get it all out. Because sometimes you can't talk to your friends if they don't understand. You can't talk to your family if they don't understand. But when they were coming into clinic and saying things, and I was like, oh, that's just like me, or that's just like Joel, or that's just like such and such. And yes. we all, you know, really easy to understand where they were coming yeah, from. Yeah, again, it's that peer on peer support, isn't it? Of just knowing, oh, somebody else is going through this, or somebody can relate to this, or I can, you know, chat and not feel so like judged um, in this kind of circumstance. Yeah. So the, the Friday clinics were mainly parents and a few teachers. And actually, Joel joined me for the last clinic with a teacher. Yeah, I did. You did? What did you think? Yeah, it was good. I quite I quite liked the way they were done. So you could shut the door and you'd have privacy. That was quite nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there was because um, you would do half an hour and then there's a 10-minute break. So people were knocking on the door in the 10-minute thing. Can I see you? <laughs> and you know me. I was like, yeah, come on then. <laughs> I bet you were absolutely like rushed off your feet the entire two days. I didn't. I didn't get a break. Um, what we did instead of having a lunch break, we put our talk as our lunch break. So it was just constant from ten yeah. till five. Oh my gosh! So you were like having your sandwich whilst you were like talking to people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Friday I didn't eat at all. Oh, no. Saturday I rushed a sandwich in. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was so good. And then on the Saturday, that was when I started to get the adults in. Now the first adult. I saw was really, really um, confused as to whether they were allowed to come into the clinic because they weren't a child. Oh, gosh, really? Um, yeah, so she was getting a bit like, oh, am I allowed in here? And I was like, calm down, calm down. It, you know, sense, sensory is for everybody. It's not just for kids. Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, I saw all of these adults, especially Saturday afternoon, and it's amazing how you can relate to them because you're just the same. Mm, yeah. You know, and even if their behaviours are slightly different, it's the same in other ways. Yes, yeah. Sensory behaviours, it, it's the same thing each time, isn't it? So you just you need to find a safer sensory behaviour that is better than the dangerous one yeah. that you do. Yeah, even if the behaviour is like individual to you, which often it is, you know, the actual thing that you need or the thing that you do is very personal, but the feelings that it can bring you and the anxieties and the stress and the discomfort, like that's something that we can all relate to, so... It's yeah. nice yeah. to know that. Also, we were having on the store, which was incredibly busy. We ended up having like mini clinics as oh, well. Really? Yeah. So, like, that's how it tends to work. So like, I'd end up talking to people. I'd be talking to them for twenty minutes after they bought their product, just about, okay, my child needs to do this. How do I get them to do this? Or they're struggling with this. How do I get them to struggle? Stop struggling with this. Mm, yeah, often that's kind of what we get a lot of, just generally as a community, isn't it? I think people, yeah. almost people who don't know anything about us, we come across as like a company and a and a community that people can just sort of talk really openly to because we get you know messages daily and emails of people just almost pouring out their sort of life story to us and, and with it just there to listen and to help and give advice. It's like we give off some kind of vibe. <laughs> Yeah, it's after our talk, the feedback that we got was because we live it and we're actually speaking from the heart, mm. 
that they benefited more from the talk than if some professional was doing it yeah if that makes sense because we went quite deep into the senses really didn't we yeah um they said like one of the things they said was they liked how it was um we gave like practical ways to deal with the senses mm. and not just and that's something about they hadn't it. heard before mm. yeah that's really good we should just say that if anyone does want a copy of your presentation they can just sort of pop us an email or get in touch with us and we can send it over to anyone who fancies so get in touch if you want to hear all the uh, practical tips that lorraine and joel spoke about at the at the show yeah, yeah. so what you'll um, get is you'll get the slides themselves mm-hmm. a video of us narrating the slides and um a mini sort of podcasting that we recorded yesterday um that dealt with things that people talk to us about in the at the show so whether it be on the stall or in the clinics mm-hmm. that we thought would be interesting because it relates yeah i'd be really interested to know like just generally both of you can probably answer this like what do you feel like you saw the most of in terms of sensory behavior was it chewing was it tactile was it a bit of everything was there anything that you thought wow people are experiencing this a lot like something specific or in particular yeah, for me, it was um, personal touching. Really? Yeah, there was a lot came into clinic, a lot of parents. And I think the important thing is that that is just natural. Mm, yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, so yeah, that was probably the biggest problem I, I helped people deal with over the weekend. So just generally not liking sort of contact? And no, person, no, personal touching to themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So obviously... Because that's obviously a sensory-seeking behaviour. Yes. Um, And it's not sexual at all because they're young. Yeah. Um, But it's not an appropriate behaviour to do when you're at school or out and about. Oh, I see. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I had at least five or six people. Gosh, and this is what I love about the world of, like, sensory processing is you can learn loads and loads and loads and you can still get surprised by things and still learn more. Like, I hadn't heard of that before and I'm sat here now and I'm like, gosh, that that makes sense. Like, and that could be, I'm sure, really, really worrying for parents out there and, and even, like, adults. That can be, you know, something that it can be quite embarrassing or quite difficult to deal with. It's one of those taboo subjects, isn't it? And people don't like to talk about yeah. it. But... I'm quite comfortable to talk about it because I've been through it and it is natural behaviour mm. and it's not sexual at all. It is sensory seeking. Yeah. And again, it's just finding something else that feels better than that behaviour to redirect oh, to. That's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like we should talk more about that at some point. <laughs> I want to pick your brains on that one. <laughs> yeah. Did you find so, anything, Joel, that sort of stood out? Well, when I was there, we had the toothbrushes this year. Mm-hmm. And we sold so many toothbrushes. Gosh. Well, finger brushes. Yeah. And for me, it was people coming up and going, Kai, struggle with this. Come back and going, my child doesn't brush their teeth. Or they brush their teeth and they do it really quickly. Mm. I was like, well, it can either be the brush or the toothpaste or the flavor, which I struggle with. Yeah. And sometimes it's all free. Mm. And... For me, I was showing them. I had a toothbrush in my pocket, so I was constantly out showing them how it was used and stuff. Yeah. So there were quite a lot of people with that side of it. Mm-hmm. I was always really surprised when we first introduced the finger toothbrushes to the website, 
how many people were so pleased about that. I thought there would be a lot of people. I didn't think it would be that many people who struggled with, you know, the flavors. Like you said, there's like different components that people struggle with. And there were so many people who were so grateful for those products and that now can feel like they can take back a little bit of their self-care and independence because of just this one product. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's, it comes down to the hypersensitivity and the hypersensitivity. Mm. Hypo, sorry. I always sound like I'm saying the same one. Um, because for me, I really love an electric toothbrush and I really love a strong flavoured toothpaste. Mm. So I think it's like you one or the other when it comes to, to toothbrushes. Yes, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what, because I hate electric toothbrushes, but I like so do I. I like a good strong toothpaste though. <laughs> Maybe I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> it, might, yeah. it might be the feeling of the toothbrush on your teeth. Yeah, like for me, it's the vibrations really hurt my teeth. Yeah, I don't like the vibrations at all. I feel like my whole head is rattling. <laughs> for me, I can't have the you know the feel of dirty teeth. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I hate the feel of it, and I think that's why I use the electric toothbrush because it seems to just brush them up. Yeah, better. my mum's like that. She's like, and I use a charcoal toothpaste. You know, it, uh, okay. I'm gonna have to pick your brains about that at some point as well because <laughs> I'm I'm interested in trying charcoal toothpaste, but yeah. Hack. It is, and um, it's not going to be good with my new bathroom. <laughs> so are you guys ready for the question this week? Yeah, yep. sure. come on, let's hit me with the question. This week we've been asked, and Katie, you might not be able to answer this because you didn't go to the show, but it's what stand, which, which was our favourite stand at the show this year, but I think you can still get involved because the stands are pretty much standard every <laughs> the year. The stands are standard. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joel, which was your favourite stand at the show this year? Okay, so I'm going to go with the one that was there last year. It was there this year because I was on the store, so I didn't get to walk around as much as I would mm. usually. But um, oh, what are they called? Uh, the little bed things that are in, like, the tent. Safe spaces? Oh, the safe spaces. Those. I want one. <gasps> they so are brilliant. They're expensive. <laughs> But brilliant. That and opposite that was the um, weighted blanket people as well, and I quite like the weighted blankets that they were selling. Ooh, I, can't, yeah. I don't think I've seen a weighted blanket. Um, I've seen a weighted blanket, but I haven't seen a weighted blanket at the show. Um, yeah, at the show. They were related to who was that stall that we went to talk to at the beginning of the day? Oh, explore your senses. Yeah, they were related oh. to explore your senses, weren't they? Good. Yeah, so they had weighted blankets, weighted lap pads, and vibrating cushions. Ooh. That's all. Uh, Because we actually had some senses left over. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. So we took took them. um, But yeah, the the safe spaces are amazing. Oh, I love them. Every time they're exhibiting, I'm always like, oh, can I get away with just slipping in there for an hour or two? Because they're like these, if you guys don't know listening, they're like these sort of big kind of tents, aren't they? Like, all kind of just like... It's just a yeah, safe bed, isn't it? A safe bed. <laughs> it's really what it says on the tin. It's a safe place. <laughs> Although when I was there at the show last year, or was it the year before? I can't remember. Um, I saw a guy getting into one of the beds and he was like six foot 50. <laughs> he was really tall and his legs were sort of poking over the side. <laughs> but he still loved it. So I think that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. How about also, you, Lorraine? The, um... Sorry, also the um, uh, sensory room as well, but that doesn't count as a stall, but the sensory room is amazing. Yeah, the sensory oh, room is good. What was the best uh, bit? 
Yeah, so I, I didn't really get to walk around because I was in the clinic most of the time, but I was quite close to the jumping clay stand. <gasps> oh, I love jumping clay. Yeah, and jumping clay is there every year and it's always busy and it's great because you actually get to do yeah, something. Yeah, it's one of those stands that you yeah. can really actually physically get involved with, which is always really nice. Yeah. I love the smell of jumping so, yes, clay. For me, because I, I like to have clean hands and things, the thought of antibacterial... Is, is, it, is it plasticine? Is it Play-Doh? Is it clay? What, what actually is I it? Yeah. I don't really know what it's made of, but it's like this, it's <laughs> very different. Antibacterial. Yeah. So as, you, as you're moulding it, it's got antibacterial properties, so it's not dirty, and I That's love that. Really I good. think it's um, the same as, you know, when you were a kid and you used to make Play-Doh, but it was like the salty sort of Play-Doh? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, it's really like lightweight and it bounces and it feels like oh I just love it it's really good (laughs) it sets when you're done with it which is great yeah Yeah. I used because um I think the first year I made a little bee because I just bought my first car and my car's bright yellow so I made a little bee to put in my car it was it was awful (laughs) it did out really bad (laughs) one year when Jamie went with me um she made like a multi-pullered, uh, a multi-coloured caterpillar. Oh, whoa. I've seen like so loads cute. of people do pokeballs out of um, jumping clay, so I'm surprised you didn't go for a pokeball. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was quite a few years ago, so she, she maybe wasn't into that at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, jumping clay. That is a good one. I love the stalls that are interactive like that, because do they still do like the Lego, um, the Lego workshops over there? I didn't see the Lego workshop, but there was an art therapy. There was two stands together for art therapy and they did music, dance. Oh, it was fantastic. Casper will be able to tell you more about that because Casper was in there all day Mm. long. Okay, I'm going to put my hands up here and I'm going to be vulnerable. I don't really know what art therapy is. Like, is it any different to just normal arty stuff or is there like, you know, like with Lego workshops and Lego therapy, you have like sort of a it's different because you've got like a set structure to follow is art therapy structured in that way or is it just more kind of meditation with art i think it's about expressing yourself and like you don't have to be arty because i'm not arty but i think it's just the expressing yourself and just letting yourself Mm. go i think it's um i know lorraine's on cbt haven't you yeah i don't know katie have you done it yeah i've had some you know so, you know, when they do, they get you to, like, draw the diagrams and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's similar to, I think it's similar to that, but instead of drawing diagrams, you're, like, sculpting stuff or drawing stuff or playing oh. music or whatever. Okay. That makes more sense. That's, that's cool. yeah, and the actually, impression I get. That's what I know about it. And I think it does give you skills for life because, for me, I dance when I'm feeling overloaded. I'll go in the kitchen, put some loud music on and dance. Yeah. I'm not a very good dancer, that's why I have to the <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's the, there's all these things that we use in daily life, mm. but sometimes you just need to know to do yeah. it. Yeah, and have the excuse to do it as well. You know, sometimes if you don't yeah. actually get prompted to do something, you don't do it of your own accord because you think it's silly or you don't want to, you know. Yeah. So actually having like a big stand there that's like, come on, do it now. We know you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, their stand was directly opposite my clinic door, so I could see everybody dancing and meditating and holding hands. It was really, really nice Ooh, to watch. That sounds really cool. I'll have to have a little at look. One point, yeah, at one point, Casper was actually, like, 
so do you want to come to art therapy with me? And I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, we're going to dance. And I was like, no. <laughs> Doesn't really strike me as your thing, Joel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in the slightest. But it was busy. And I think it was great because it was interactive. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that's the key to these kinds of um big events it's just having things to keep people busy as opposed to just wandering around because sometimes they can be a bit intimidating all the stands and you know exhibiting um so having things that people could just walk in and get involved with um you know can really settle things and make you you know have much better experience and just feel a little bit more relaxed about the whole thing Yeah. yeah i mean quite a few years ago they used to have a bike track did they really yeah, they'd have um, a, a bit to the side, and it was a bike track, and you could go and ride the tricycles. They had four wheelers. They had two. They had loads of different bikes, and you just go around the track. It was so much fun. Jamie loved it because Jamie can't ride a bike, so she went on the four wheeler and, and the trike. And really enjoyed oh, it. See, that sounds cool. I would have loved that. And then obviously they, they can direct you to your local um, additional needs bike place. So we've got one up here. I think it's called Woodland Wheelers or something. Mm-hmm where you can actually learn to ride a two-wheeler. They will help you if, if you've got sensory issues and dyspraxia and things. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, but if not, then they do have adapted bikes, which is fantastic. That's really that's good. Cool. That is really good. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that now. Just people go around yeah. on their bikes in the, uh, in the NEC. Yeah, that, that had a cue. <laughs> I think that um, this, again, was something that I sent, I wrote into the Autism Show in London. I said it was a great show, but it seems like it was about autistic people rather than for autistic people. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this year, I felt like they were bridging the gap and going, okay, it's for autistic people. Yeah. Having these workshops and stuff. Mm. Definitely. That, I think that's why I was really pleased to see more adults there. Yeah. There was, more, there was more for them. I think adults felt more included where other years they were slightly excluded because it was all based around children Mm. and i think just generally as autistic adults you feel like you can't go to these types of things without you know a child like i would love to see a day where i walk into an event like this and i'm not like expected to have a child with me you know yeah yeah i remember actually which made me write in i remember talking to some teenagers at the london one and them going were going and they'd been there about 15 minutes they said there's nothing for us I mm. think if they'd gone to this yeah. Birmingham one they would have stayed longer because yeah. there was stuff you yeah. could interact with mm. yeah, yeah definitely Oh, it's nice to see that they're sort of taking feedback on board and, and moving in a direction that I think is really important that is like you said Joel it's you know not just about autistic people it's for autistic people like that's mm. really important yeah before we finish this podcast i do i do want to say that probably the best part of the weekend was that we got to meet a lot of our customers in person yes oh it's so nice when we get opportunities to do that because we are such a close-knit community and we you know we do remember names and remember stories we do feel like we are one big family so actually seeing people i remember this last year it was it just feels really it feels like a big reunion doesn't it totally and people are so different in person and online so it's nice to meet them as them as their real selves i mean we even had naomi come over from germany so and that's a long way to travel so this is how good that show is you know people will travel from yeah and i did i I asked her i did ask her if it was worth it and she said it was really worth it she'd spent a lot of money um 
but she said she really enjoyed it because I think for her in Germany, she feels a bit isolated. I think they don't have a very large autism community. Mm, I always get asked about these types of events and things and people saying, oh, well, you know, is there more acceptance in the UK? Because we seem to have more events over here. And I'm not sure if that, you know, yeah. is the case. Um, but we, we are starting to see many more events coming up, you know, small, big, anything in between. Um, yeah. So I hope that we're moving in the right direction. Um, and I do think other countries are looking at the UK thinking, oh, why can't we be a little bit more like that? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. probably the only way that they're looking at us now and thinking, why can't we be a little bit more like that? But hey, we've got some autism awareness <laughs> and that's probably the only thing we've got going. <laughs> Let's get right. so I think we'll, we'll finish, finish the podcast there um, and you'll, I don't know who's on next week because that's Jenny's uh, realm um, of Maybe I can tell you work. one second. Oh, you might know. Because um, I might be able to tell you on my um, thing here. No, I don't have anything on for next week. So Jenny, yeah, well, there is some, there is somebody on next week. You'll get your podcast as normal next uh, next Monday, and then we three will be together discussing that podcast again. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll see you soon, guys. See you all soon. Thanks for chat. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye